Welcome to the Gallopod with me, Galloplacidia. In this episode, I'm reading part five of my fic, Scaredy Cat. If you're not here for dry fanfic, you're in the wrong place. Content warning this story deals with themes of depression and PTSD. I hope you enjoy Scaredy Cat. Chapter 9 A week later, Harry was reading by the fire when Draco fell into his sitting room through the flu. He was extremely dishevelled and had been crying, as was apparent from the streaky black eyeliner running down his cheeks. Hi, he gasped. Is this an okay time? Harry leapt out of his chair and drew him close. Draco was stiff and shuddery and damp-faced against Harry's neck. Of course, said Harry. What's wrong? We broke up. I don't want to talk about it. Can I use that stupid cat collar if I have to bend my head another minute? Yeah, okay, yeah, said Harry. He let Draco go. I mean, I feel obligated to tell you that turning into a kitten when you're upset is, at the very least, a weird coping mechanism. Don't, I can't, said Draco. I can't be funny right now. Please don't. Okay, I'll be right back, said Harry, and apparated to his office to fetch the collar. When he returned, Draco was on a fire call with Ron. But that's good, Ron was saying. I'm proud of you. Draco only shook his head, his hands pressed to his eyes. Hey said Harry. Draco lowered his hands. Thanks, Ron, he said, voice wobbly. Lunch soon? Yeah, said Ron. Hi, Harry, take care of him, will you? I'll try, said Harry, and the flu went out. Did you get it? asked Draco. You're like an addict, said Harry, sort of joking, sort of not. But Draco responded, rather horribly, by laughing so hard he began to hyperventilate. Okay, okay, said Harry. Hold still and I'll put it on you. Draco just about managed to nod. Harry attached the collar and had barely shut the clasp when Draco transformed, as if all he had been thinking was kitten, kitten, kitten in a litany. After that, things became calmer. The kitten seemed out of sorts, not at all playful. He was more needy than usual, and when Harry shut the door to have a shower, the kitten sat outside the bathroom door meowing in tones of heightened misery the entire time. In bed... The kitten kept trying to get closer to Harry, kept repositioning himself and shivering in strange, vibrating starts. Harry stroked his little head and murmured stupid things into his fur. It's okay. Hey, I've got you. You're okay. And finally the kitten fell asleep. When Harry woke up the next morning, the kitten was still curled up on Harry's pillow. He watched Harry with wide-awake eyes. So are you just going to be kitten Draco forever now? asked Harry. The kitten licked at the end of his tail. Draco. That is not a real option. There was no response. The kitten followed him around the house as Harry got up and had breakfast. Once Harry had put the dishes away, he picked the kitten up and cuddled him close to his chest. It's time, Draco. Come on. For a second, Harry thought Draco was ignoring him. It was the weekend, after all. Maybe he planned to stay a kitten until Monday. But then Draco stood before him, face still dirty with tears, hair ruffled and clothes unkempt. Is there any more of that bacon? he asked croakily. Oh, yeah, said Harry, and fed him. He watched Draco eat, watched Draco line up his knife and fork neatly on his plate when he was finished, and sigh. It was mutual, said Draco, staring at his empty plate. What happened? We should never have got back together in the first place. It was a mad idea. How on earth were we ever supposed to work? I would never have dreamed of dating someone on the opposite side of the war if he hadn't come after me like a fucking heat-seeking missile. 
I don't know, I'm sure there are cases where people with a history like that could work, said Harry. Oh, so I should go back to him, should I? Try harder? Do you know how fucking hard I tried? Draco. That's not what I'm saying. You know it isn't. Draco slumped in his chair. Oh, sorry. I know. I'm sorry you feel like shit now, said Harry. But I really think this is a good thing. He didn't make you happy. So? Harry was so sad for him it was hard to think. Draco grimaced. Sorry for bursting into your house like this, he said. You don't actually think you have to apologise for that, do you? There was something like a smile on Draco's face, if only for a few seconds. No, he said. I know you don't mind. I was just being polite. In fact, I was hoping I could stay with you for a while. Yeah, said Harry. I thought we were quite good housemates. Me too, said Harry. If you haven't got any plans, I think we ought to go on a very long and exhausting walk and then eat an enormous pub lunch. You live life well, said Harry, and went to get his shoes. So they slipped effortlessly back into their old ways. Draco insisted on turning into a kitten every night, and although Harry felt sure it came from an unhealthy place, he couldn't say no. It was too lovely having Draco in bed with him every night, even if he was just a kitten. Some days, Draco would transform early and spend the evening purring in the hood of Harry's hoodie. But that was rare, because usually Draco went out and forced Harry to come too. Draco didn't drink a lot. He very rarely did drugs, and when he did it was in such moderation that Harry wasn't sure what he even got out of it. He was cheerful and funny, outgoing and sociable. It took Harry several weeks to realise what it was about Draco's behaviour that showed the cracks. When was the last time you were alone for two hours? He asked Draco. They were in the supermarket. Draco would never go by himself. If Harry was busy, he enlisted someone else. Last night, said Draco. You were with me last night, said Harry. Draco flushed. Oh, does that count? I don't think it should. Harry put two cartons of milk into their basket. See, by my reckoning, you haven't spent more than twenty minutes alone in weeks. Draco rubbed his eyebrow with one finger. All right, he said. I've been rumbled. I don't like being alone. Yeah, okay, me neither, but this is pretty extreme, don't you think? <sighs> um... It's not so good in my head when I'm by myself, said Draco. Do we need apples? Harry put a bag of apples in their basket. What does your therapist say? he asked. Hilarious. Um, she, uh... Yeah, says I should get over myself, basically. She does not say that, said Harry. He hadn't been to a therapist himself yet. He hadn't had another episode in a while, not since his half-birthday party, when he had realised for the first time that no matter how lonely he felt, he was loved. He reckoned he was probably over the war anyway. God knew it had taken him long enough to stop whinging about it. Well, not in so many words, said Draco, examining the ingredients list on the jar of pesto. Says I ought to try sitting with my thoughts. And? Draco wrinkled his nose. How eloquent, said Harry. When we get home, you're going to spend twenty minutes in your room by yourself. Draco's eyes widened. Harry, that's not a good idea. Twenty minutes, and after we can listen to the Quidditch on the radio and make dinner. Draco looked unconvinced, but he obediently went into his bedroom when they got home. He did not emerge after twenty minutes. Harry went to the door and knocked. There was no answer, so Harry went in. Draco sat perfectly still on his bed, feet flat on the floor, hands resting lightly on the bedspread, head bowed. Draco? Yeah, said Draco, roughly. It's been twenty minutes, said Harry. A long silence. 
Then Draco stood, every movement oddly cautious and controlled, and followed Harry down to the kitchen. Harry tried to talk to him normally, but Draco only answered in monosyllables, and didn't listen to the Quidditch at all. Harry turned off the radio. Are you okay? he asked, although it was obvious Draco wasn't. Draco looked up. I should start looking for a flat. Harry almost said, okay, almost accepted the statement as a rejection. But he paused before answering, and noticed that Draco looked... awful. Yeah, said Harry. Although I've been thinking, you could just stay here. Pay rent. You mean, a housemate? Yeah, said Harry. Draco gave a tentative smile. You mean it? Yeah, said Harry, and Draco's smile widened. So they were housemates. Should I just ask him out? Harry asked Pansy. They walked down a shaded path by Regent's Canal and King's Cross. Pansy was sober. She had been sober a lot more lately. Who? Draco? Yeah. Oh, God, no, said Pansy. No, if you do that, he'll bolt. He's a bolter. I noticed, said Harry, grimly. You think you'd go back to Neville? Probably. Not sure Neville would take him, heard he's sleeping with Luna. Harry tried not to show his relief. The idea that Neville was off the market was deeply reassuring, although he knew it would wound Draco. He'd bolt somewhere, anyway, said Pansy. Why? Why, when he likes me, I know he does. The other day he stared at me for, I am not exaggerating, twenty minutes when he thought I wasn't looking, said Harry. Pansy shrugged. He and Neville were a shit show, and he likes you more than Neville, probably, and has more history with you. So it's bound to be an even bigger shit show, and that makes him sad. That's such incredibly stupid logic, said Harry. I thought he was supposed to be clever. About decisions. When has Draco made a good decision ever? So I'm in love with him, and he fancies me, and we live together, and there's nothing we can fucking do about it, said Harry, kicking at an old cigarette butt. If you wait long enough, he'll come to you, said Pansy. Sure, said Harry. Trust me, said Pansy. And, as it turned out, she was right. God, said Draco, stretching and flopping down on the other end of the sofa from Harry. Not to be weird, but are you fucking horny? Uh, said Harry. I'd forgotten how shit it is to be single. It's not so bad, said Harry. Better than being in a bad relationship. Draco laughed darkly. Ah, oh, that's true. He still wouldn't talk about the breakup. They'd run into Neville when Dean and Seamus insisted they all go to a new bar opening. Neville had gone to almost comical lengths to avoid talking to Harry, but he and Draco spent a cordial ten minutes together, and Draco came away from the encounter looking thoughtful and calmer than usual. Anyway, said Draco. He put his feet in Harry's lap and tilted his head over the side of the sofa. It'd be good to have someone to casually have sex with. Harry exhaled, half laugh. Half exasperation. <laughs> yeah, he said. Draco raised his head. So? Oh, are you offering? asked Harry. Draco flushed. It was just a suggestion, he said defensively. Right. You think if you and I have sex, it would be casual, said Harry. Why not? Harry gave him a look, and Draco dropped his eyes. It's just convenient, he murmured. No strings. People do it all the time. <laughs> okay, said Harry, with a scoff. Come over here and kiss me casually. There was a long silence. Then Draco drew his feet away from Harry's lap. 
He sat up. Harry watched him, not at all sure what Draco would do. His heart hammered beneath his ribs, uncertain and hopeful and scared. Draco crawled over to him, straddled his lap. Harry's hands went to Draco's hips and eased him down. He looked up into Draco's face, and there was nothing casual about this. There couldn't be, and he knew Draco could see that too. He was frowning, looking rather frightened, and he bit his lower lip before lowering his face to Harry's. Such a slow kiss. It was like flying too fast, knowing you had lost control of the broom and were about to fall. Draco's hand went to Harry's jaw, and Harry heard himself make a little noise. He pressed Draco closer, his hands flat on Draco's back, and he could feel how hard Draco was. Casual enough for you, asked Harry, when they stopped for breath. Doesn't have to mean anything serious, said Draco. You're so fucking stupid sometimes, said Harry. Yeah, said Draco, fervently. Yeah, I know. He kissed Harry again. Come upstairs, he said. We can't be casual, Draco, said Harry. You do know that. It'll be fine, said Draco. Come upstairs. Harry traced Draco's profile with his finger. Down his forehead, his sharp nose, his lips, his chin, his neck. Draco closed his eyes and breathed in juddering halts. Do you have scars on your chest? asked Harry. Draco nodded. Just ignore them, he said. Casually. Draco pressed his forehead against Harry's. Yeah, he said. So they went upstairs and had the least casual sex of Harry's life. You're so graceful, Harry told him as he kissed the hollow of his collarbone. I could watch you all day, forever. God, I love your hair, said Draco, nibbling at Harry's earlobe. It's so hard not to touch it. You can touch it. No, like generally, said Draco. Last week when you came downstairs with wet hair and it was so black I thought it would drip ink. It took them forever to take off their clothes, because they couldn't stop talking. How do you smell so good? asked Draco. Let me see your tongue ring, said Harry. I love your hands, said Draco. Your body reminds me of a snake, but like in a good way, said Harry. Draco laughed, thanks, with a snake hiss. Do you know that you're the hottest guy around? Like, are you aware? asked Draco. I can't believe you're letting me touch you, said Harry. I knew you'd be a good kisser, said Draco. I can't get enough of you, said Harry. I need you closer, said Draco. Harry pushed Draco's shirt off him, stroked the long scars with his fingers as Draco shivered. I didn't want to hurt you. That's not why the spell worked. I just wanted the spell to work whatever it was so that you wouldn't hurt me, said Harry. Let's not talk about it, said Draco, and stripped Harry's shirt off. But they carried on talking, all the way through. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, just hold on a second. We can stop it, I don't want to hurt you. Fuck, you feel good. You can move. Harry, it's okay, you feel amazing, you look amazing. Have you thought about this before? Yes. Like this? Yes, ah, fuck, God, you're good at... I can't believe we're doing this. Don't stop. Fuck, are you close? And after, after they had rolled apart, they showered together, although they could easily have used magic. They were playful, splashing each other, breaking out into sudden and stupid wrestling that quickly devolved into kissing. Draco came back to Harry's bedroom, of course. He hadn't slept in his own bedroom since he broke up with Neville. But when Harry got into the bed, Draco put on the kitten collar. Draco, said Harry, please. Draco turned into a kitten 
curled up on the end of Harry's bed, and stared with glowing eyes into the dark. I love you, said Harry, the next time they had sex. The next day, he breathed it into Draco's ear as Draco pushed into him. I'm in love with you. It was as if he hadn't spoken at all. Chapter 10 It probably would have bothered Harry more if things hadn't been so good between them. Kisses when they came home from work. Draco stroking Harry's hair as Harry napped on the sofa. Long chats into the night and spontaneous cooking decisions. Draco. I don't care if it's 3am. I want cake and I want it now. They never did PDAs, but they fucked all over the house. It didn't matter where they did it or how long it lasted. Each time was as raw and intimate as the first. When Harry made fun of Draco insisting it was casual, Draco changed the subject. Every night, Draco turned into a kitten and let Harry cuddle him, as if that made any difference to how serious it was between them. After a month of this, Harry was fed up. So, he said, casual doesn't mean exclusive, does it? Draco froze. He was reading the Daily Prophet, and he kept it carefully in front of his face. It doesn't usually mean exclusive, no said Draco. Cool. We should go out tonight, said Harry. The newspaper trembled. Out? asked Draco. Yeah, to a club. So I can pick someone up, said Harry, fiercely. He waited for Draco to break, to admit that that wasn't what this was. But Draco only folded the newspaper with a degree of briskness that suggested the newspaper had done him personal harm. Sounds lovely, he said, and went to work. They met up at the club. They had been before, when Blaze took it into his head that their friend group wasn't queer-friendly enough. Half of us are queer, Seamus had protested. You know that Blaze is straight, said Draco, as they waited for their drinks. You're joking, said Harry. Draco shook his head. Britain's best-kept secret. He's in love with Pansy. I thought he was shagging Theo, said Harry. Oh, he's tried it, of course. But... As Anthony Blunt said of Louis McNeese, he's totally and irredeemably heterosexual. Why does he... and does Pansy like him back? The drinks arrived, and Draco took a long glug. She does, yeah, he said. But he's scared she'll die of an overdose and send him over the edge. Fuck, said Harry. Quiet. All right, happy hunting, said Draco, sliding off his bar stool and plunging into the crowd of sweaty dancers. Harry stayed at the bar. He could watch Draco from there, could see how when men approached him Draco would smile with a polite lack of interest and move away. Harry bought a drink for the guy next to him at the bar. He was a slim-hipped young man wearing a fairly cool military jacket and more sparkles than Harry personally thought necessary. He was friendly and obviously up for it. Do you want to go somewhere more private? he asked. Harry searched the crowd for Draco but couldn't spot him. I'm sort of seeing someone, he said. Oh, said the guy, looking confused. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to make him jealous, said Harry. Is that him? asked the guy with a grin, nodding at Draco, who was pushing through people as he moved towards Harry. He held a pint glass, and his expression was hard to read. He was blinking much too much. Yeah, said Harry. Then let's make him jealous, said the guy, and kissed Harry. It was weird, kissing someone who wasn't Draco. It felt curiously physical, Kissing Draco was always a bit of an out-of-body experience, like Harry flew out of his head the moment Draco touched him. When Harry pulled away, Draco crouched a few feet away from him, desperately picking up shards of broken glass. I think it worked, said the guy, and leant away to talk to the man on his other side. 
Harry knelt by Draco. Hey, said Harry, taking his wrists. Dropped a glass, said Draco, or it sounded like he said that. It was so loud. Harry repaired the glass with his wand, even though that was risky, and put it on the bar. Draco stood behind him, watching the guy who had kissed Harry talk to another man. Come on, said Harry, and pulled Draco into a quiet corner so he could apparate them home. Sorry, said Draco, the instant they arrived. He wouldn't look at Harry. Didn't mean to, to, um, to cockblock you, sorry. The glass just slipped, I'm sorry. He didn't, said Harry. He probably wanted to go home with you until I fucked it up. His voice sounded thin. Harry put his hands on Draco's waist, kissed Draco on the cheek. Did you like seeing me with him? he asked. What sort of question is that? said Draco, faintly. Do you like knowing I can shag other people? Does that feel good to you? Draco tried to shrug one shoulder, but it was a stiff and unconvincing action. How would you feel if I brought someone home tomorrow night? asked Harry, and Draco flinched as if Harry had hit him. If I fucked them in my bed, how do you think I would feel if you did that? I wouldn't do it in your bed, said Draco. I love you, said Harry. Stop pretending this is anything but serious, you're being a dick. Draco glared at him. So are you, he said. Yeah, said Harry. So let's stop doing that, let's be good to each other for a change. We can't, said Draco, dropping his forehead to Harry's shoulder. Why not? Because it won't work. Harry wanted to shake him. He put his hands on Draco's slim biceps and squeezed. Not too hard. Fine, he said, although something twisted in his chest. He wondered if he was being masochistic and going after this at all. Maybe Draco wouldn't ever want him enough. But we won't see other people. Draco made a sound. Hygiene, Harry added, frustrated. Okay, does that satisfy you? You don't give a fuck about me, but you don't want to put yourself at risk of any weird diseases? Of course I give a fuck about you, said Draco, quietly. Yeah, said Harry, stepping away. He was so tired. He was so, so tired of feeling this sad. Yeah, you really know how to make a boy feel special. Draco winced. You know, said Harry, conversationally, you're not the only one who's terrified. You don't understand, cried Draco, his voice cracking on the last word. You only think you love me because you don't know me. I know how this goes, I've seen it, and I don't want... He flicked his wet eyes towards the ceiling. Neville looked at me like that, in the beginning... You're asking me to let you despise me, because that's the next step, Harry, even if you don't see it yet. That would be persuasive and tragic reasoning if I was Neville, said Harry, but I'm not. I know you pretty fucking well, Draco, I'm not just going to suddenly decide I don't love you. He turned towards the door, not sure he could say anything else to Draco that wouldn't reveal how pathetic he was. When you look at me, I stop being lonely. My life feels okay when you're there, right? I think I can do it if you're there. Please don't leave me alone right now, said Draco, and sank onto the sofa. I know you're angry at me, but please don't. Harry didn't hesitate. He went to Draco, scooped him up in his arms and rocked him with all the gentle tenderness he showed to Draco as a kitten every night. Draco wasn't crying, but his breathing was laboured and he kept saying sorry. When he was a little calmer, Harry kissed the bridge of his nose. I don't want you to see anyone else, he said. Will you agree to that, at least? Draco nodded. Okay said Harry, and kissed Draco's lips, softly, gently. Casual. Exclusive friends with benefits. That's what you want? Draco looked shifty, but nodded again. Okay, said Harry. It's not what I want, but okay.
So Harry didn't say anything when Draco turned into a kitten. He just closed his eyes and breathed the strange half-kitten, half-Draco smell at the back of the kitten's neck, and tried not to mind that this was all he could have. When he woke up, Draco was himself again, and he sat on the edge of the bed. Draco? Draco turned to look at him, looking caught out. Morning, he said, his eyes skitting nervously over Harry's face. Harry was struck by a sudden loneliness. He didn't know what Draco was thinking. If Draco knew what Harry was thinking, it didn't seem to matter to him. Harry got out of bed and opened the curtains. Do you want to do anything today? asked Draco. Can I ask you a question? asked Harry. He hated that he couldn't let it go. That he couldn't just be casual, that he was waking up first thing in the morning plagued with doubts that he felt compelled to make Draco's problem. No, I don't dye my hair, said Draco. Yes, my tongue piercing does make blowjobs better. I knew that already, said Harry. Huh. Harry leant his head against the window pane. It was cold and fogged. Well, go on, said Draco. He sounded apprehensive. Ask. Harry thought about finding some innocuous question to ask instead, but he needed to know. Am I doing the same thing Neville did to you? A moment in which Draco didn't answer, and Harry's heart sank through him. Then, what do you mean? You told me once that he came after you, like a heat-seeking missile was the term you used, I think, said Harry. Draco was silent. Harry turned to face him. Am I coming after you like that? Is that what's going on? Draco made a small movement with his head. It was different, he muttered. How? Draco frowned. He was staring very hard at a balled-up thread on his jeans. Well, like I said, it had never occurred to me to fancy him. So I was very surprised. Hadn't flattered, but I knew it was a bad idea. He glanced quickly at Harry, then back at his jeans. I was right about that, incidentally. So I resisted for a while, but he seemed so certain, and I thought, God, who am I to say I've never been right about anything in my entire life? Ironic, given that, in fact, that was the only bloody time my instincts weren't, you know, mired and evil. He screwed his face up, as if he had just been revisited by some vivid memory. You're okay. Go on, said Harry. Maybe it was evil anyway, said Draco, his eyes still closed. I don't know, I think it's a stupid word. It implies something rather grand and inhuman, doesn't it? Something ordinary people aren't capable of. Neville, said Harry. Oh, yes. Draco passed his hand over his face, opened his eyes, and went back to staring at his jeans. Anyway, I figured... Neville makes better choices than I do, and he's chosen me, so it'll be fine. And I was selfish, I suppose I wanted him. But, yeah, he came after me pretty hard. And it was so soon after the war, and I thought, he'll break my heart, but that's almost like... like reparations? Harry swallowed. Is that why you have sex with me? Reparations? Draco laughed unhappily. God, I wish. Then why, if you think it's such a terrible idea? If you know what I want, and know you don't want it, you started this, said Harry. I shouldn't have. I wouldn't have, but then Panzo told me about that girl you were planning to ask out at the office, and the idea that you would bring her home and I'd have to be nice, and I would have been, obviously, but just... God, the thought of it... Fuck, it sounds selfish when I say it out loud. What girl at the office? asked Harry. Panzo said... And you believed her? Draco looked at him, 
There was something impossible in his expression, like mingled hopefulness and despair. Yes, he said. I can't look at anyone but you, said Harry. Oh, said Draco, in a small voice. He stared at Harry, something like fear still on his face, but also something else, something hungry and desperate and fascinated. Harry knelt in front of him, rested his head in Draco's lap, and Draco passed cool fingers through his hair. Draco was right about one thing. It was casual, how they showed each other affection. Easy. So Neville sort of pressured you into dating him, said Harry. Not exactly. I wanted to and I didn't want to at the same time, said Draco. And then I just didn't really feel like I could say no. Not that... I could have, of course, he's not... But... I'm not always good at saying no to things I know I shouldn't do. Harry gave a short, sad laugh. Do you feel like you can say no to me? he asked. Draco dug his fingers into the base of Harry's skull, working at the knots. He thought for a long time before answering, which was terrible. I feel like... Draco seemed to be searching for the words as he spoke. Like I can say that it's casual. Harry sat up on his knees, and Draco's hands slipped to cup Harry's jaw, his thumb touching Harry's lips. Harry closed his eyes because it felt as if the very eyeballs were swelling with something. You know, if you just want to be friends, I would be fine with that, he said. I mean, I'd be sad, but I'd get over it. I would never hold it against you. You don't owe me anything. Draco lightly kissed his eyebrows. I don't want to be friends, he said. Harry sighed and tilted his mouth for a kiss, which Draco gave him. But you'll tell me if that changes, said Harry. Nose pressed to nose. Yes, said Draco. And by the way, I owe you everything. You saved my life. Harry drew back. You saved mine too, he said. That was different. I don't see why, said Harry. I'm not really sure what we're talking about anymore, said Draco. Is it Neville? The war? Our purely casual sexual arrangement? Harry laughed and kissed him. It was such a nice, friendly kiss. I think we just recapped last night in a way that I could understand, said Harry. Casual, exclusive friends with benefits. And that's still not what you want, said Draco. No, said Harry. But now I think I understand why you want it. So it's okay. Draco pulled slightly away from him, tilted his head, and gave Harry a puzzled look. What? asked Harry. Nothing, said Draco. Harry squeezed Draco's thigh, and Draco continued. It's just... You're patient. It's not something I'm accused of often, said Harry. Well, said Draco, still with that puzzled look, maybe you've changed since the war too. And there was something about the way he said it, slowly, that made Harry feel more hopeful than he had in years. That was part five of Scaredy Cat, written and read by Gallup Tune in next week for part six. You can join my newsletter, if you like, at newsletter.gallopod.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review on the Apple Podcast app, or maybe tell a friend. I also have an Instagram, at letthemeatbooks, with underscores instead of spaces where I post reviews of the books I read, so please say hello on there. Thank you for listening. 